don't care who listening and who not listening. What's up? What's up? Good evening. Coming at you on a Monday night. I got halftime of the Pacers Hornets going on. And it's been a little while since I've been on here. And my, what a difference it makes one week to the next. Uh, When I recorded the last episode and titled it, Show Me Something to Believe In, you know, this is what I was hoping for. So it feels great. The Pacers are on a five, let's see, five game win streak. Uh, after beating, so that Miami win was ugly, but they got it. Then they beat the Pelicans. But, you know, I still have my doubts because even like that game, there was no AD, no Julius Randle, Miritich, Alfred Payton, Etwan Moore. I mean, it was scrub city for the pelicans and the pacers win but it's like well what's that really even mean but then they had a really good game against the lakers gave lebron the uh what was that i think it was the first or the worst loss in lebron's career they beat him 42 points um and pacers were just you know that's when they were looking really good now you know also though the lakers that night that was right in the right up the trade trade deadline, and you know all their team was basically up for. They thought they might be going to New Orleans, so the Lakers were definitely out of sync. Um, but the the Pacers capitalized and just beat their brains out. Pacers shot nineteen to thirty four from three pointer. Um, yeah, it was like it was a really good game. It was like whoa, there's the Pacers, and then. Um, that was even a game when our young guys looked good. Holiday and Sumner, they both I think they both ended up with 17 points and it was a great win for the Pacers. And then they followed it up with a, a win against the Clippers and Bogdanovich got 29. You know, Turner had a good game. I think he had 6 blocks, 4 steals. He was, you know, 40% um from the three-point line lately, which has been crazy um, because he struggled so much at the beginning of the season to see Turner getting over 40% from threes. It's awesome. And his shot looks so pretty. It's got that, he, it's a moon shot. It might be the most arch I've seen on anybody's shot. Plus he's shooting it as a super tall man. So it, it, uh, it scrapes the ceilings. Um, but yeah, and so the Pacers have just been, you know, they started after that Lakers game, then coming in, um, taking care of business against the Clippers. Um, you know, that was a crazy game because the Clippers had just got done trading Tobias Harris and, um, Big Bogon or Boban. Um, so the Clippers were kind of in a, in a mess, a mess too, but, uh, the Pacers, you know, just kind of like they did against the Lakers, they capitalized, and there was uh, that game had the bat interference, so the the bat was like flying on the court, 
um that was crazy because it's like oh man what do you what do we do here what if that bat would have just decided to you know stick around the court a little bit more like it like it did for that two or three minutes when it teased us uh like who's really gonna who's who's gonna be able to get this thing uh because it, it, there was no signs of it, get, it being captured at the Pacers game because, like, people were throwing stuff at it. <laughs> that actually, that was the best part about about it. Whenever the the bat would fly out over the crowd, and you'd see some people ducking to avoid the bat, and then there's that guy that's trying to knock that thing down, <laughs> and you'd see like one of those guys out of every like ten dudes would stand up and just be like, "I'm gonna be the one to knock it down." Like some people would throw their coats up to try to kind of like knock it out from the from the sky <laughs> but the bats just flying around and they so they stopped the game and then finally the bat just went up in the rafters or something and played the game and then it came back later on it was funny but uh it reminded me of also the randy johnson uh pitch when he threw so randy johnson right the he's like six foot ten left-handed flamethrower for the Seattle Mariners I think he was actually with the Diamondbacks when this happened but launches the pitch towards home plate and then during this time a bird flies in the path of the ball and they meet and the bird explodes because of the impact from the baseball and you're like what (laughs) how did this just happen there's a glitch or something right (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah so there's a bat um and then the Pacers went on to play the Cavs beat the Cavs nothing crazy just handled took care of business 105 to 90 extending their win streak to five and and here they are tonight up by 11 points at home to the Charlotte Hornets and we're about midway through the third quarter. Um, the Pacers had been up by 20 in this game. And um, it's been, it what it, it's been, it, the first half was good. Now I'm, I'm going to need to stop because I want to just watch this game instead of do the podcast. But um, yeah, I'll just kind of check in on the, on the game as we go. But the Pacers were playing really well. Um, but, uh, one of the things, you know, from the five game win streak, we got another Eastern conference player of the week. Congratulations to Mr. Bogdanovich. He had a game where he had over 30, another game with 29 Pacers, won all those games. I mean, honestly, it's kind of a weak candidate for this, but, um, it doesn't matter. It's a cool award. He's the third Pacer to get it, which, uh, he joins, Thad Young and Victor Oladipo. So I did see that that, this, that was the first time in Pacers history that they've had three different players win it. And uh, it's interesting because we've got, like you could, you could see Miles Turner getting it or maybe Sabonis. Although Sabonis has been, you know, uh, I don't know, something's a little off with him. But, uh, you know, he's just kind of in a little slump right now. But the rest of the team's playing really well, so you know I could see I could see uh, Sabonis. But basically, you know the, the Pacers have other guys that could 
potentially win that award too, but it doesn't ultimately mean anything. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's nice to have a totally different um, outlook on on the uh, the season now, because after Oladipo went down from the injury uh, and they lost those four games in a row, and I would say even that win at Miami, but uh, it, you know it just felt really dark, and it felt like oh man, this is this is tough. Um, you just kind of lost all um, feeling that it would end up being a fun season, and then not, now that the Pacers have won five in a row, they got a ten point lead now. Um, we'll see what happens because next up, Milwaukee Bucks. So let's see if this uh, if this Pacers team can uh, can make a statement because right now they are sitting they they climbed they had fallen to fifth now they're back into third at record of thirty seven and nineteen be, before the conclusion of this game right now um, they're one game ahead of the 76ers and two games ahead of the Celtics so it would be crazy if the Pacers could end up holding on to the third seed in the East because that would force one of the four powerhouse Eastern Conference teams to play each other. Um, so most likely it'd be Philadelphia and Boston in a first round series. Like what an incredible playoff series that would be to start it. Um, and the Pacers would get to play, you know, like Brooklyn Nets. And they could probably beat the Brooklyn Nets. You know, that would be crazy. And uh, then the Pacers would unfortunately have to face one of those other teams. But who knows? At that point, it's like you just try to be spoiler. Um, because that's one of the things about this Pacers team. And maybe I'll just kind of jump around a little bit here. Because one thing that happened last week, besides the good play of the Pacers, they um, added a new player. So they added uh, Wesley Matthews. So Wesley Matthews is 31 He's six foot five, three point specialist. Um, he spent the last couple years of his career with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I looked up his stats. He was averaging thirteen points a game, two point or thirteen points, two assists, and two rebounds in twenty nine minutes with Dallas. Um, I also just you know wanted to learn a little bit about the guy. I figured out that his dad has was an NBA player and won two NBA championships with the Lakers in the 80s. So Wesley's a guy whose dad was a professional basketball player. That's pretty cool because uh, um, I just listened to his interview like as a when he first arrived at the Pacers practice facility and it was like 11 minutes long and everything he said I was just like oh this is perfect like I love this guy. Um, He's a perfect pacer. He's the perfect fit. Uh, he's just like, and he's just really uh, kind of aware of what's going on. And so anyways, it's interesting that his dad was in the league too. So kind of like guys like Steph Curry, I think people always talk about how smart they are and how much they understand the game. I don't know if this is exactly like that, but his dad was a pro too. Um, <clears throat> another thing that's good about Wesley Matthews is he was already been coached by McMillan uh, back in Portland when, when, when Coach McMillan was there. And um, so he's familiar with, with Nate McMillan. 
And Nate McMillan thinks really highly of Wesley Matthews. He wanted Wesley Matthews. Um, he said, you know, uh, what was it that what, he said? He's one of the toughest competitors he's ever been around. That's what uh, our coach said about Wesley Matthews. And um, yeah, everybody seems to be really excited about having him on the team. Like Turner was good. Thad Young was really happy. Bogey was happy. Um, they are uh, they the team was really happy that the Pacers made a move and tried to make the team better rather than going the opposite way of you know kind of getting rid of the free agents for some other assets and starting to kind of retool for the future. But the Pacers chose to kind of double down and say, no, we got enough talent talent here. Uh, we got enough guys that we trust, and the culture that we have here is one where we're going to compete. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think I probably would have said, you know, before getting West Math- Matthews and then especially like coming off of those during that four game losing streak after Vic, I would have said, you know, let's get rid of guys like Collison and even like Bogey, depending on what we could get back. Like, let's try to try to get some valuable assets for these guys and not worry about how we finish this season. Uh, just play the young guys. And <clears throat> I don't know, now now watching this team and seeing what they've done adding Wesley Matthews and just watching this game so far, plus the way that they're winning, it, it kind of makes me feel foolish for thinking that way because like these guys definitely deserve to to uh to continue, like for the organization to try to make a move to make them to help them win the win games and win series. And the one thing about watching the Pacers right now, it's like no, they don't have anybody that sucks. Um, this whole Charlotte game, everybody's out there. You're like, geez, man, they just hit you with, we've just got a whole bunch of depth. A lot of just, uh, you know, above average to slightly above average players. And when we play together as a team the way they do and they focus on defense the way they do, they really are a tough team to beat. And... You know, I don't know if they're going to be good enough to beat a team like Milwaukee or or Philly or Boston or Toronto. Um, but I'm certain they can beat almost anybody else. And we'll see how the season plays out. You know, they've got, I looked at the schedule and I think the Pacers have, I, I believe, let me, let me see. I wrote it. I think I put it here. Um, nine games. Yeah. I think they've got nine games that they can win. These next nine games are all are, are all pretty much winnable. Um, although there's the one against Milwaukee, but then they go uh, on that really tough road stretch, and um, that's the one where they go up against like the Thunder and whatever. It's like I think eleven games where it's going to be really hard to win any of them. Um, anyways, that's kind of boring. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about you know, the Pacers competition in the Eastern Conference because the trade deadline, you know, the Pacers added Wesley Matthews, which I think is going to really help. Uh, but the other teams in the East added some really good players too. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, they're the number one team in the East. They added Nikola Mirotic from the New Orleans Pelicans. He stretched four, knocked down a shooter, um really good player fits perfectly with the Bucks system 
basically an, uh, a really big upgrade over Ilyasova, and then also just adds depth. Um, he could probably play some center, some backup Brook Lopez or whatever. Um, so the Bucks certainly got better after the trade deadline. Uh, another team that got better, Philadelphia, adding Tobias Harris, stud. He was averaging over 20 points a game, probably six rebounds, maybe four or five assists with the Clippers. Going to a team that's already stacked, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and now Tobias Harris. Um 76ers, man, they have some talent. Like, damn. I'm super jealous of that talent that they have on that team. Those guys, they've got four dudes who, you know, you can just kind of take over with. And I know this because I play with them in 2K. And that's what I mean. Um, so, you know, I, I, got a, I got a little bias against the 76ers where I think that they're going to be super good. But then... I also so I also think Toronto is going to even be better though, and it's because they added Mark Gasol, who Mark Gasol was you know he's one of the best big men in the league, regardless of you know his 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 um, age at this point, just as a big body down low, um, to be able to bang with guys like Embiid or Jokic or uh, you name it, some of the big dudes in the league, Mark Gasol's he's one of the craftiest, most skillful. He's a great passer. Um, huge upgrade over Jonas Valanciunas, um, even though Valanciunas was good, but Gasol's way better. And Gasol can stretch the floor, hit some threes. Um, man, so you got, you know, Kawhi, who's, is he the best player in the Eastern Conference? You got to say Giannis, but... Kawhi's 1B, and then, uh, yeah, so it's like, okay, you got to take Toronto, obviously, as a threat, and now you have add guys, proven guys, like Marcus Gasol, um, you know, Kyle Lowry's always tough, young talent, Pascal Siakam, borderline all-star, you know, um, Danny Green, proven, Fred Van Fleet, you know, solid, solid. Um, OG Ananobi. Who else did they add? I don't know. I feel like I might be forgetting somebody big. But anyways, like Toronto is going to be super good too. Um, but then now, and then now you're there with the Pacers, where they're just going to be like, we're not going to have anything to overwhelm you up top, but we're going to be able to go. Uh, we're going to be able to have five solid guys, and then bring a bench unit with Demonte Sabonis, Tyreek Evans. Um, and Corey Joseph. Uh, that's probably our eight-man rotation paired with Wesley Matthews. Wait, did I say Tyreek? Yeah, Tyreek, Sabonis, Corey Joseph with Thad Young, Bogdanovich, Darren Collison, Miles Turner, Tyreek Evans. No. Wesley, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I think it's hard for the Pacers to, to to compete with these teams. But we'll see Wednesday night when Milwaukee comes to town. That'll be a huge game. Um, one other thing, or a couple of things, maybe even back to at Wesley Matthews. So he was a 
you know, really good three-point shooter, uh, but he actually got the start tonight. And that was one of the things I, I picked up on in the interview before the game was he was saying, you know, he expects to start. And so this means this is something that they had already probably talked about beforehand, before him even agreeing to come here, because he was wanted by other teams, uh, which I didn't necessarily know that. But uh, he said that OKC was asking for him, the, like Westbrook and Paul George and Raymond Felton were trying to get him to come to OKC. Um, the Spurs, DeRozan and, and LaMarcus Aldridge were trying to get Wesley Matthews to come to the Spurs. Um, so there are guys that were trying to get this dude. And so it makes me feel good as a Pacer fan that, you know, he chose to come to the Pacers, especially because, you know, we really have a need for a starting shooting guard uh, because Tyreek Evans is just not, he hasn't proven to be able to do that. And so by bringing somebody in and just saying, all right, you're our student, you're our starting shooting guard now. And he happens to be Wesley Matthews, who is kind of like a Thad Young or just another role player. Like he fits right in. He's the same level guy as like Darren Collison or, you know, he just fits right in. And you say, you're our starter now. Now Evans can go back to the bench and be that bench role with Sabonis um, and Joseph. So this is a really good move for the Pacers. I love, I love this now. Um, unfortunately, the Pacers are now only up by six points against Charlotte. Um, I'm not watching the game, but I will have to kind of go back and watch this. Um, so that's kind of what's, what's going on there with Wesley Matthews. Um, what else I really have to talk about? I mean, you know, next up. Like I said, we got the Bucks. Um, I hit on that West Matthews stuff. Yeah, so I think that's pretty good. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully we get this win and um, we'll go from there. All right, everybody, uh, hope you guys do well in your weeks. And sorry for the clumsy sound off, but later. <laughs>